Welcome to the 80s and 90s Uncensored, the podcast about the 80s and 90s for people who care about that kind of crap. I am Milo Dennison. And I'm Jamie Fenderson. And today we're talking about things we just hate about the 80s and 90s. We're, we're positive people. I'm sure people listen to this show and they're like, oh, those guys, they're always so positive about everything and so peppy and upbeat. And we thought we'd go with something a little different for this episode and talk about stuff we don't like. It's also important to when you when you look back with nostalgia, th- things just look really glittery and and shiny and bright and there's no badness some kind of like like the past was some kind of wonderland and there was no evil and it was all good and you know when you as you get older you look back and and things were just a lot better but you know there are a lot of things that weren't better there are a lot of things that sucked about the 80s and 90s and we have to be intellectually honest with ourselves as uh connoisseurs of these decades and and call out the the fact that there's some things that sucked about the 80s and 90s. I mean, there's some bad things. And and there's some things now as much as we complain about the modern world, there's some things now that are far better than they were. That and there are things better left in the 80s and 90s and and should never be resurrected. Well, today we're going to talk about those things. Well, let's get started then, Jamie. What's what's your first thing from the 80s that you don't like? Well, well, we're doing two things from the 80s and two things from the 90s each, right? Yes. So here's my first thing from the 80s. Okay. Smoking, indoor smoking. So a lot of people look at the indoor smoking thing and they look at like 40s and 50s and 60s, like they're in their suits, they're smoking in doors, they're smoking in the restaurants, they're smoking in their office, they're smoking in the air, smoking everywhere. And what people don't realize is that went into the 80s, like, that was still a thing in the eighties. Like you still had ashtrays at McDonald's and so-called smoking sections and restaurants and people smoking. My mom, my grandma, just my grandma come over and there's this whole haze of smoke inside the house. Smoking indoors was considered still kind of a okay thing. It wasn't until 1986. Did you know that, that, that New York's subways banned smoking? They were they were smoking on the subway. I mean, up until the eighties, they, huh? they were smoking everywhere. So it was still like like people don't think of the eighties that way. They think that's more like a forties, fifties, sixties thing. But that's the eighties was still that way. Now the eighties was probably the last decade that it was that way because starting in the late eighties and then into the nineties, um, they started to be like, you know, we think the smoking thing's probably killing people. So gonna have like maybe we'll get ban-, ban it on the subways and maybe you can't smoke in airplanes things like that right kind of smart to do and they started looking at things like that joe cool the cartoon characters that were like hey kids smoking's awesome look you, your mom smokes indoors and, and you know um, you want some of I'm this a cartoon camel and 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 yeah, I know you can't smoke yet, but remember there's the candy cigarettes and, and that'll get you like started getting into the habit, right? So the corporate man did not, this is the thing the corporate man didn't like, didn't like us, man. So I I think that's a thing that died and it should be dead. Indoor smoking is dead pretty much and it should be. Yeah, I remember that as well. And going out uh, to dinner and stuff and you're in a restaurant 
and there's smoking in the restaurant and you're trying to eat and, and you leave and you just have a haze of smoke that lingers on you. And, well, my mother, you know, both my parents smoked most of their, um, all their lives. And it's just yeah. like my mom's husband's all smoked and like always everywhere around smokers. And it was just the yeah. worst. Everybody's smoking all the Everybody's time smoking. and indoors. Look, you want to go outside, have a ciggy at the bar. I get it. But it, the indoor smoking killed me. Like, oh, well, probably did kill me. That's another 10 years off my life. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> thanks, thanks, mom. Yeah. Thanks, 80s. Because it was, I want to say, what, late 90s that it was banned in Washington State by vote. I remember voting on it, and it feels yeah. like it was late 90s. Yeah, and I think that if the ban finally came, because they banned it in a lot of places, vote or not. Mm. But I think the indoor smoking ban was for bars because people like to smoke in the bars. Yep. That's what and then was. finally that came out and they, they the banned the smoking in the bars, which is like the blast bastion of indoor smoking. I think the only the only place you can indoor smoke now and enjoy your cigarettes indoors is the casinos because it's kind of like tribally and stuff. And they don't they can you can still smoke in the casinos, but that's like the last bastion of like indoor smoking, at least in this state. Washington, right? Yep. Don't miss it. Yeah. But that was that was the eighties, man. Most of the eighties, at least the earlier part into the mid eighties is redonkulous. <laughs> Mine is probably gonna be no surprise that anyone listens to this podcast. Eighties style. I can't stand 80s style. The big hair that was just sprayed all the hell out of with that was hairspray. I mean, if your hair product contributes to the depletion of the ozone layer layer and actually has to have the CFCs that are in it banned in order to save the planet, that is not a good thing. Uh Clothing, it had this like bright, saturated pastels and everything, like the pinks and the oranges and ugh. Uh, all jackets had shoulder pads, men's and women's, but they just had these big, huge <laughs> shoulder pads. They're the worst. Parachute pants came out. The spandex unitard thing that women would wear to just be this one solid spandex suit. And you'd think it looks sexy, but somehow it doesn't. Um, usually probably because they like paired it with leg warmers. So they take yeah, the spandex suit and put these leg warmers on it. And, and that <laughs> spandex, you could have the best legs ever, but it somehow it highlighted it. No. It all the, the bad features about you. Yeah. Worst women's makeup was caked on. It was just like thick pancake makeup. Uh, men had mullets. I know you can still see mullets nowadays, but now it's more of a sub kind of a redneck group. But back mm -hmm. then mullets were fashionable. You can, oh, yeah. you can see mullets all over the place, sweatbands, acid wash jeans. Like there's just eighties fashion was just this extravagant how opulent over the top can we go and it was awful it was really truly awful it was ugly then and it's even uglier now oh i i feel you you know i kind of like it but i, I maybe i kind of like it just because it is it's like this goofy like the 80s fashion was its own goofy cartoon character off the hook <laughs> should have been a cartoon. i like it just because i don't think there's ever gonna be anything like that again so well and you'll be you'll, you'll you're probably happy to hear that right <laughs> yeah like, keep it dead man yeah it's fine with me and yeah, it was off the hook you, you, maybe in some future date, like according to Buck Rogers, 
future style kind of looks like 80s style from what I learned <laughs> watching that. Well, it, you'll, you'll feel better that it, it's not, I don't think it's ever, well, we're not going to be alive for that it's to ever come back. Buck Rogers was like in the 25th century or something. So that's a hundred, that's a few hundred years from now. Yeah, we're fine. So lucky you. <laughs> no more 80s style. <laughs> Hold, the most powerful podcast about everything on earth. That is effing weird. The name, that is effing weird. Oh my goodness, such power. For they shall cover everything from cryptids to outer space. Nothing shall be off limits to this podcast. When and where is this beast of a podcast? They shall put on their knowledge onto the airwaves of their favorite podcast shots and release a new podcast every Sunday by midnight. Ah! That is effing weird. Uh, all right, let's hear one of your 90s things. Let's jump back and forth. You want to jump to the 90s thing? This should be no surprise because we talked about this. You know this. You know, the 90s grew up in a lot of ways. A lot of things got better in a lot of ways from the 80s, including fashion, probably fashion, music. But something that didn't get better was television, trash TV, the the Mari Povich, Jerry Springer, the, the reality real world crap. And the worst is the the news, the infotainment wannabe news, tabloidy news. Um, the, 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 I think we're still suffering from that. And that, that happened in the 90s. We're still suffering from that. And it's just garbage television. Lowest common denominator, reptilian brain shit TV. Um, there's a lot of things from the 90s that we have today that are, that are awesome electrical wise, but there's a lot of stuff we're suffering for. And trash TV is one of them. The nineties made trash TV normal. The nineties made trash TV. Okay. And uh, unfortunately that hasn't gone away. Unlike eighties fashion, which did go away. Nineties style trash TV has only augmented um, and has only been made worse over the years. And now we're suffering for that. So boom, that's what I got to say. That's a good one. I know news wise, a lot of it had to do with deregulation from the eighties and then in the nineties mm-hmm. that coming in and then, yeah, you get all these crappy reality shows because they're cheap produ- to, pr- they're cheap to produce and people watch them. So yeah. of course, you know, they're going to make those that crap. Yeah. Dumpster. That's the dumpster fire of the nineties, in my opinion, and yeah. we haven't recovered and we probably won't. I don't think so either. Good one. I'm going to go with a serious one and go the LA riots from 1992 as something I did not like about the nineties. So this Mm -hmm. was a result of racism in this, in this community in LA between not just like the police and the, the blacks in the area, but they had issues with the blacks and the, and the Asian community there. There's this whole history Mm -hmm. behind that that kind of mm-hmm. kicked a lot of that off as well. But obviously it came to a head in 1992 as the result of the Rodney King verdict, where basically uh, the four police officers that were involved in beating him got off on their charges and the city, especially in South central LA, like erupted into mass riots. People had enough and just went, Ape shit. It went lasted over five days. Uh, more than fifty people died because of the riots. Roughly two thousand people were injured because of the riots. 
thousands of buildings were damaged. You had fires. The you know, cost of just the damages alone is estimated into the, uh, around a billion. They had to call in the National Guard to restore order. Uh, 12,000 people were arrested, although um, that could be, it should have been more, should have been less. It's hard to know because some people might've been arrested yeah, that were just in the wrong chaos. place. Time. Complete yeah. chaos. And some might've got off that, you know, should have been arrested, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Reginald Denny, the truck driver, they got pulled out of his truck and got the crap beat out of him. And the poor guy's mm-hmm. just driving a truck and yep. trying to get to his destination. Uh, so across the board, it was just crazy. I remember seeing all of this in the news and just being flabbergasted at the amount of violence and chaos and the the flaws in the justice system that let these guys get off for doing that. It's just, uh, yeah, so very 90s. And unfortunately, we haven't seen, I don't think, a whole lot of an improvement, especially in the way the police treat uh, minorities in the country. It doesn't seem so. It's- it seems like we're still having these issues. And like my son is the same age I was when this happened. And I'm like, wait a minute, this all stuff, this is all happening still. What aren't we improving? Aren't we supposed to get better? <laughs> what's what's up with that? Yeah. But this it was, and you mentioned it was on the news. It it looked like a third world war zone hell. It was like it looked really it it looked like hell, dude. It looked really bad. Fire, everything was on fire. Everybody's committing all this violence and looting. And yeah, and that's sad about the fact that we haven't. Um, it seems like all the bad stuff from the 90s are still around. Bad stuff from the 80s like went away. <laughs> 90s are more nefarious in that way. <laughs> the 80s were goofy and weird, but at least it went, at least it died. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. What's your next? Uh... What's your next 80s thing? So my, here's the 80s, and I'm kind of conflicted about this one, but I'm going to go for it. And it's generally just the hyper-consumerism. And that might have a lot to do with the style that you hate. It's just how unregulated, unbridled, capitalistic, consumeristic it was, especially if you're a kid in the 80s. Like they just... It created a lot of cool things and a lot of culture, but at the same time, they just didn't give a shit about kids, man. Like I said, they're like, hey, here's some candy cigarettes and cartoons. Just get you practicing because we need you smoking later. You know, oh, hey, here's a here's a here's a cartoon and a toy line for Robocop, like the most violent action movie of the 80s. And that's saying a lot because there were a lot of violent action movies in the 80s. This is the most violent one. They're going to make a toy line and a cartoon about it, right? Because they just don't give a shit. You're little consumers. That's what you are. Consume and, and, and fill your head full of our marketing and just consume because you're, you're consumers and that's what you are. That's what you do. And it's, it, they just deregulated everything and said, you know, it's all about cons- consumption and it's all about training children to be consumers. And that's what we're going to do in the 80s. And it's funny, RoboCop was a satire making fun of that culture. The whole point of that movie was actually making fun of 80s culture. And then it kind of became meta because they did exactly what it was making fun of. They actually made a toy line and cartoon out of this super violent movie, which this movie was actually satiring. Meta, dude. So I don't know. I think later as we 
we were coming of age in the nineties, that's when you started to get our kind of grunge attitude, our gen X attitude. Like we don't think our society really gives a shit about us. We're just consumers to you guys. So we're like grunge and fight club, like <laughs> fuck you guys. <laughs> we, that's where that's that's why the 80s kind of went away is because we made it go away because we're kind of butthurt, man. It's like, is that all we are to you? Just a bunch of little consumers. Um, so that's something about I, I don't think we'll ever see that level of like screw children. They're just consumers. Let's shove things down their throat. Again, I think there was a lot that, of good stuff that came out of that because a lot of fun stuff came out of that. But a lot of good toys came out of that. Yeah, a lot of good fun stuff, but at the same time, I look at a lot of the stuff and it's like, man, you really just didn't give a shit, did you? <laughs> didn't give a shit about kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything was made to sell something to someone. And everyone wanted to show off how much money they had too. So I think that's something that's definitely changed mm -hmm, now. Mm -hmm. Now people, you know, there's still those people that with their Instagram accounts of like, look how rich I am, I'll show you stuff. But a lot of people are like, especially I think Hollywood type celebrities, like in the eighties, you had like the cribs shows and stuff where like, we're going to go tour this Hollywood celebrities mansion. And oh yeah. Our lifestyles of the rich and famous Four kids like us had to have at least some decent, decent sneakers and, mm -hmm. and, and, and you had to have kind of the right clothes and you had to have like some of the material things. So you weren't shunned by your peers. Right. Yeah. Even economically challenged Caucasian Americans like us <laughs> still had that kind of thing going on. Right. Where, well, at least I got to get some British knights or some LA gears because I can't go to school like without some, something that looks like cool sneakers. Right. There's no way I'm getting some Air Jordans, but yeah, maybe I can get my yeah. LA gears. Yeah. yeah. I get some LA gears. That, that's at least something. All right. Well, my next one, it's a bit serious but it's definitely was huge in the eighties and that's the AIDS epidemic. Oh. So I know uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to pronounce this guy's name, Gaetion Dugas. He's French, can a French Canadian guy. They kind of blamed him as patient zero in the eighties because he was a airline employee and he traveled around and he was a promiscuous gay man and had lots of sex and had AIDS. And so they kind of blamed him for it all. But the reality is yeah, but one guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not one guy's fault that it spread. And they've done, they've actually done more research on this. So I feel bad for this guy. He, he did die from, from AIDS in 1984. But the, the, the sad thing is, is like his name is forever associated with like as ground zero for the AIDS pandemic. And it's like, Nah, not really. But he uh, did actually even help them a lot too with research and stuff. But anyway, so in 1981, this is, it had been around prior to this, but it really kind of blew up in the 80s. 1981 is when people started to becoming aware of it. Uh, the CDC becomes aware of, aware of it and they're starting to track it. In 82, you get an article that was published called The New Homosexual Disorder Worries Health oh. Officials. So basically it's saying this is a gay-related immune deficiency or GRID, which is causing this widespread disease to go around. So don't worry about it because it's really just within the gay community. And this is part of the reason why governments were so slow to respond to it as well, because there's that's fine. It's just the gay community. It's not really an issue. Um, but obviously, it did not just affect gay men, as we now know. Um, but that that was the primary um, people who were being affected by it. 
And there was just all that misinformation around it. Like, you know, can you get it in the air? You you can get AIDS from sitting on a toilet seat that somebody else with AIDS had. Like all those. I remember that. Like sharing an ice cream cone or something. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Don't drink out of the same cup because you're going to get AIDS if you drink out of the same cup. It was a big scare. And yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. And, And people didn't know. So it's understandable, but it's still that the even once the information got out there that said, no, that's not the case the misinformation was still there and a lot of people still believed it. And in July, 1985, that's when Rock Hudson died from AIDS. So he was a closeted uh, homosexual. Mm. People in Hollywood knew, but his public persona, people didn't know. Um, But anyway, so I'm sorry. So in July, he came out in July saying he had AIDS. He died in October. So only a few months later. And then of course, you probably remember this name, Ryan White. Uh, he was kind of the poster child. He was a teenage boy who contracted it through donated blood. And what happened was he was barred from attending school in Indiana because of it. And it was this huge legal battle of just trying to get him in school because same thing, that stigma around it was, no, we don't want him in the school. He'll give it to everybody else kind of thing. Let's see some other interesting things uh, in 87 Liberace died from it, uh, which is funny because he always claimed that he was straight and not gay, but like, I mean, (laughs) he's the poster child for like, you know, out there, but, um, you know, and they also started in 80, as early as 87 started actually treating it. That's when AZT was developed, which is one of the treatments for it back then. Uh, they, had a big battle in Florida. There were three HIV positive brothers that got banned from attending school in Florida. And what happened was, is their family got like death threats and their house actually got burnt down uh, because of this. So there's still all this violence and stuff again, saying things don't necessarily change all that much as, as you'd hope, because we certainly see a lot of violence towards people against stuff. I mean, we we've seen violence uh, even recently. Um, Anyway, so to kind of summarize, roughly the mid 80s is really when it when it was at its peak. In 1985, there were roughly 130,000 diagnosed cases of HIV infection, so a huge number. Now, it, it, there's generally less than 50,000. And here's the other thing: there's still people that die from this each year. So even though treatments have gotten better, and the, roughly 13,000 people die each year in the United States, uh, from mm-hmm. HIV and AIDS. So it is still an issue, but thanks to the treatments, they are able to treat it a lot better, but it's still, there's no, still no cure, but the big one no was cure. just, but the treatments are a lot, the better treatments now. are a lot better. Yeah. Well, and I think we know more about it, right? Cause back then I think a lot of this stigma and, and stuff and was caused to f- ignorance causes fear. I mean, that's the number one thing about fear is usually you don't know something you're afraid and people didn't know what this was. They didn't know how it spread. And even when they did, it's like, well, a lot of gay people get it. And there's a stigma around them anyway. And, and so there's a lot of this ignorance and stigma around it, which, you know, I'm when, when people are like that, I, I try to show understanding to their too because they're just afraid right they don't they don't know something but um yeah i remember those days man it was kind of like a big scare with hiv and 
it was a big deal. It's still a big deal, but I think one, people know about it and two, the treatments are like really, really, really good nowadays, much better than they were, but it's still, still a thing. Maybe people forget that it's still, it didn't go away. Yeah. A friend of mine had it actually, he's deceased, uh, didn't die from that. He died from cancer actually, but I'm sure that didn't help in the right. process, but I had been friends with him for a number of years before he came out and told me that he had it and stuff. And, and yeah. probably for that same reason of like, you know, you know, admit that you have this kind of thing. Well, in 13,000 people a year, this is, this is still a lot of people. That's a lot of people. All right. What's your uh, next nineties one? My next nineties one. It's, it's the Columbine shooting. And so Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold uh, went in heavily armed to their there's Columbine high school in Colorado and they went and terrorized that school. They shot and killed 12 students and a teacher and they left 21 wounded. And then later, a lot of the lives were affected so, so badly that there were suicides and um, things like that. So they went on this rampage before committing suicide and they even had bombs that were place that didn't go off if they would have it would have been worse right i think this was the start of the 21st century this happened in 1999 and to me this is like this this is this is the start of the new normal this this was the start of the 21st century where you hear about school shootings and you think it sucks, but you're not surprised anymore. This was so bad where people were surprised there had been school shootings before, but this was like a, a new level. And now this became the prototype for school shootings in the future. So uh, this kicked off the 21st century where again, it's not getting better. As we're talking now, there's, you know, the Buffalo shootings and the church shootings and there's shootings all the time. And, and it's sad that I think everybody's just getting used to it. It's a normal thing now. And I think this Columbine high school shooting is the beginning of the new normal. Like I said, eighties might've had bad stuff, but the nineties brought in a, like <laughs> the good and the bad of, yeah, this stuff's permanent. That that that's something that really sucked about the '90s, and it was kind of like the last big thing. And it was '99, um, the last kind of big thing in the '90s that rung in that 21st century. It's it's so sad that that is the template now for the school shootings, and mm -hmm. it's you know 2022, and nothing on that end has changed. Yeah, there, like you said, we're still having them. Nothing's being done. Other than schools having now shooting drills and yeah. some schools in, you know, starting doing uh, metal detectors at the entrances and that kind of stuff. But beyond that, not much. Um, my, my son was like, cause now he's back in school and we're not wearing masks and stuff as much. And he's like, well, well, this COVID thing's done, but he, he looks at the news with Buffalo and the church shooting California. And he's like, well, looks like we can get back, back to our mass shootings now. <laughs> So that's sad. Like for him, it's a normal thing. Like prior to Columbine, you know, there had been things like that, but I, I don't, I think this was a new level. So I think this, this Columbine thing was the last time, like it's almost a loss of innocence and it's the loss of the 20, 20th century in a way, because now it's like, 
the, yeah, like you said, it's the template for mass shootings and school shootings. It's like, that's how it is now. And I don't see it changing. I don't think there's the will to change it. So just something that we're used to now. All right. Well, I'll liven it up with my last one then, or bring it down. Depends on your point of view. One thing from the nineties <laughs> that I do not like and actually kind of hate a little bit is Pearl Jam. The band formed <laughs> in 1990, yes. Seattle band released their first album 10 in August of 1991 and have been ruining music ever since. Need I say more or can we just You're leave it at that? Pearl Jam. <laughs> well, you could go back to all the other episodes and like put them in like <laughs> there's probably a dozen episodes where you're like oh eddie better i hate that guy oh pearl jam <laughs> you're like their nemesis when you come when you come I'm gonna back get, i'm gonna get lynched when i come back to seattle yeah, Literally, we heard all, all like, that shit you're talking about pearl jam bro. we heard about you dude we're coming for you we're coming for you <laughs> all the pearl jam fans are gonna like track me down <laughs> protesting outside my well, house if you're wondering why Milo hates Pearl Jam, you should you should listen to all uh, all of our episodes. <laughs> he already explained it all of a our lot. Uh, yeah. Well, let's wrap it up there then. And with that, we will say we are like we were out of here like Gatan Dugas lying on a deathbed, yelling, "It's not my fault." Jeez, that's so dark. Well, he's dead. He can't get mad at me. You're a dark dude.